if you are, you know, experiencing something at your workplace that you don't think is cool and you're bad mouth in your workplace or your manager or your company to your friends, to social media, to anybody else, and you haven't yet gone to your manager or to your company and given them the chance to like course correct and make that shift, you're actually part of the problem. You're listening to Restaurants Reinvented, a podcast for restaurant brands who want to put growth back on the menu. In each episode, Jen Kern, the CMO of Q, highlights innovators and change agents in the restaurant industry and uncovers how leading brands are modernizing their operations to drive efficiency and meet the evolving demands of guests. Let's get started. Welcome back to Restaurants Reinvented. This is Jen Kern, your host, and we are continuing our labor series today with a new guest who is LeBaron Myers, who I played pickleball with at a conference recently, and that's how we met. She is the president of a really interesting, I think it's a new company, I had never heard of it, called Not Me. So again, president, LeBaron Myers, company is Not Me, and it's an app that we're going to talk about that helps employees feel safer about speaking up in the workplace. And so LeBaron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jen. I I credit pickleball to us meeting. (laughs) My first time ever playing pickleball and I had a blast. I had a blast and I met the most fun people. I'm like, this this is great. I got to play again. (laughs) It is great. It is great. When they do stuff like that at the conferences, it definitely is, is worth worth it because you get out of the convention centers and you get out and in a real life, in a playing field. And yeah, there were some pretty competitive people there. I'll just say that. Yes, yes, it was was very fun. (laughs) But we had fun. And I'm really excited to talk to you today because as we were talking about before the show and, and we talked about at the conference, which was a few months ago now, you really are working at the intersection of the employee culture as well as the labor crisis, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of my theory here is that Restaurants and the guests, we've talked about this. Restaurants really have not been able to prioritize employee care because they really haven't had the tools and the techniques and the mentoring that's needed to really show employees that they are not just commodities because they're not. Mm -hmm. They're assets in a business. They're actually human beings that need to be taken care of. So with that kind of setting the stage, can you tell the um, the listeners about Not Me and a little bit about your background as well? Sure. So thanks, thanks. for having me. Um, yes. Yes. So the company is Not Me Solutions, and we're really a speak up and report management system for changing what has been a decades old issue. And, you know, I think everyone knows that human misconduct is an issue that happens everywhere. Because of that, we, we talk to every industry. As I was telling you, you know, there's, yes, every industry has its differences and its uniqueness, mm-hmm. but this is a human issue that's happening everywhere. And there's a lot of similarities. And actually, the industries aren't necessarily talking to each other, um, which might be helpful. However, the reality is that they've all been doing it the same way forever. And the same way is to basically say, hey, if you have an issue, come to me or come to HR, go to somebody you trust, right? That's one. Or use a system that we've created or that we've hired that is for us and we want you to trust it and use it. Mm -hmm. And so you have this widening trust gap of like, does my organization and management actually want to hear what's bothering me? Or are they just saying that because legally they have to, right? They have to tell me there's some way to speak up there's a problem. So do they really mean it? That's most people do not believe that they really mean Mm -hmm. it, or it's more of a spectrum, meaning I think my company or my restaurant or my organization wants to know if it's going to hurt them, right? If somebody's, you know, embezzling or committing fraud or doing something that's going to hurt them, they want to know, but do they actually want to know if it's hurting me, right? And Mm -hmm. there's a big distinction there. And most people nowadays, they think, I I don't want to be the squeaky wheel. I'm not going to speak up. And Mm so you have to start with where we are. And where we are Mm -hmm. is that's where employees, that's what they believe. And there's a wide spectrum of management. So even the Mm -hmm. most well-intended management who are open door and they care and they consider it a family and all of these things, they have Mm -hmm. to know that there is almost like a multitude of examples where even if you think that and feel that, there would be Mm -hmm. an example 
wherein your employee went through something and they hesitated to come to you. If you don't believe that, you're completely fooling yourself, right? I mean, I can literally right. come up with 10 on the spot, right? So changing that, shifting that, for them to believe mm -hmm. that you want to know if there's an issue is the first thing we need to, to change, right? Mm -hmm. So what we did is really focus on removing all barriers to reporting and speaking up, making it as mm. easy as possible, as safe as possible for people to come as early as possible and surface it. So instead mm -hmm. of waiting, most people don't report issues that happen at work. They just, they usually don't, or they wait until they've left or they do mm -hmm. it on social media, which is crushing to brands. Glass door. Yes. Glass door. Glass yeah. door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this is the norm. And we said, we've mm -hmm. got to flip the norm. We've got to make it really mm -hmm. easy for people to speak up earlier. So to do it right from their phone, right? They can speak up in less than a minute anonymously or using their name, whether they experience something or they witness it. So the first thing is to really focus on the employee experience until they actually trust you that what matters mm -hmm. to them is something you want to hear about. And then, mm -hmm. you know, the technology is amazing on the management side, which helps them gather all this information earlier because the reality is that the later any company, restaurant, organization finds out about an issue, the more damage that's been done, right? The more mm -hmm. time, the more energy, the more cost it's going to be. So I feel like we're avoiding the topics of misconduct until we have to deal with them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, by then it's this huge like fire. And it's like, what if we just could step toward these conversations a little earlier, mm -hmm. humanize it, have your employees like feel, you know, cared for and that you care mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really prevent all of these escalated things. There's not many issues that go zero to 60 in a day. Almost all of them mm -hmm. do this slow escalation and we're mm. missing it. We're missing the opportunity to course correct. So that's what we're about. We're about prevention and not punishment and course correction and not cleanup. Just like, let's step into these conversations and humanize this. And to your point, like your humans is what makes your business work. Mm -hmm. Technology is critical, but good luck having any yeah. business that's successful if the only thing that's good is your technology. Right, right. Well, and I imagine this is a pretty controversial topic in some ways. Like I can feel the, I would probably call it healthy tension in myself as I'm listening to you talk, thinking of, well, how would I bring this to my organization? Are they thinking we're trying to get more people to report more stuff? And this is going to bring out all of the negativity in the company? Because, you know, I'm thinking back on some of my different work experiences and my go-to model has always been, if you have an issue, you go to HR. I haven't worked for ginormous companies that would mm -hmm. have even some sort of online reporting platform. But if you have an issue, you go, you know, to your manager. If you have an issue with your manager, you go to HR, mm -hmm. right? That's sort of been how I've been raised in the corporate world type mm -hmm. of thing. And so everything you're saying is, it's, it's very interesting because when you think about human misconduct, when you say that term, I know. it's sort of like, oh, ouch. Yeah. But yeah, come on. We're all humans. Yeah. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We, you know, our egos get in the way. We get a little bit of power. We take it too far. We crash back down. We learn from it and hopefully we do better, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone gets that model. And I, you know, I've heard and I, I haven't worked in restaurants for many, many years, but I did work in restaurants. And I, I hear still to this current day that there's a lot of abusive environments mm -hmm. in restaurants today mm -hmm. in 2022, managers treating other people in the company terribly. And so we know it exists. You're like, start where we are. So we know it exists and we know there's this very thinning workforce and there is a labor, a labor challenge and crisis for every single restaurant that I, that I walk into and I talk to. There is a problem hiring, finding and retaining labor. And all of the solutions that you see in the news, on the media, whatever, it's all about pay, benefits and flexibility. And so what I've been talking about with all guests, brilliant people like you, is what about the people and the culture? We are a people first business. We are hospitality. Mm -hmm. How are you taking care of your people? And so I feel like like step one, awareness. You know, there is human misconduct. We are humans. We're we're fallible. Right. Let's call it inappropriate behavior. Because I think words In matter. Okay. And I agree. I actually okay. think some people hear misconduct and they stop. Like I loved you saying, 
look, I could feel it in my body. I think people do. Yeah. It almost feels like a legal turn and then people get nervous. And of course, yeah. there's a legal side to this at some point. But right. But let's take those, you know, technical terms and things off. I'm glad you said that because I do think people run from it when it's that versus just right. what you said, inappropriate behavior. We are all yeah. guilty of that at some point, right? We all right. like lose it. And yeah. Didn't act our yeah. best selves. And to your point about the labor crisis, you know, it's been very interesting to me when I've had organizations, including one head of a restaurant organization, the response was, I don't have time for this right now because our biggest focus is the labor shortage. No. And I very like, I took a deep breath and I very respectfully <laughs> responded that the reality is across all industries, the number one reason for the great resignation, as it was called, is toxic workplace. So mm -hmm. if the number one reason people are leaving jobs is this issue, and you don't think that's part of the conversation for how to fix your labor shortage, if I'm leaving this place because of that, what do you think I'm looking for when I go to my next space? And right. all this effort to recruit, right, mm -hmm. without that is so expensive to not, uh, once they come yeah. in, to not take, like, take care of them, as you said, right? And have yeah. this work for you, turnover and attrition. And so it's, these are not two different topics. These are like inextricably mm -hmm. connected. Yeah. And the management that gets that, I think, mm -hmm. I think you're seeing it. I think you're seeing mm -hmm. it in, in loyalty and in referrals, right? People, what's mm -hmm. a better way to recruit talent than to have the people who work for you Go tell their friends, hey, this is a great place to work. I mean, these are very human, like, sometimes mm -hmm. I want to say common sense, but I have yeah. to check myself because we've become such a tech forward generation that mm -hmm. some of those things that are human common sense actually do get forgotten. And yeah. we've got to bring them back into the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We all need the sacred pause from time to time, right? Mm. Some of us need it. Like I need it all the time. But, <laughs> like <daily>. uh, <laughs> yeah. like, but that pause of like, wait a minute, I got the business. I got numbers. I got to squeeze. My margins are getting squeezed. I got to run this business. I got to get this guy and I got to hire people on this. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Like you just said, take a deep breath. That's all important. But I've had, you know, Amir Mostavi. Uh, was on, he's the CEO of a juice company here. And he said, people before profits, Greg Creed also says that you got to put, and that sounds lovely, but how do you actually do that? Well, you actually do it by, you know, ways like what you're going to tell us about with this technology, this app, putting things in people's hands that they feel comfortable using. And I'd like you to explain to me, you said there are most issues can get resolved within 60 days. Like most of them escalate slowly over time when we talk about these inappropriate behavior type issues. You know, they can get resolved and they can get worked through. Talk well, actually that. I didn't say it that way, but that's a great no. way. That's actually a good flip of okay. it. That's, I actually, okay. I think that's better. I was okay. saying that most issues don't escalate from zero to 60 in a day. They usually do this slow rise up. So we have right. this opportunity to interrupt the escalation if we capture it earlier. But if people aren't speaking up until it's quote unquote so bad, then you're missing right. that opportunity. And therein lies the whole flip of the conversation, right? Companies, right. organizations, restaurants, anybody, there is this misconception that a report is, an, is a liability. And right. that's the opposite. The report okay. is the opportunity. The lack of report is the liability. It doesn't uh. mean it didn't happen. Now it's where are they going with that information? Are they just spreading it amongst their colleagues? So now you have like even yes. more discontent. Are they going yeah. to social media and then watch out? Are they going to a lawyer? Yes. Like this is, again, going back to that very simple moment, like when something happens, right? You're working, yeah. you look yeah. over and you see someone bullying is the number one issue that we see across all industries. Okay. It, okay. harassment is also very high, but often there's an element of that because it's all power abuse, whether it be discrimination, racism, harassment, anything, it's all some form of power abuse, right? And, and there's a spectrum on that that I want to come sure. back to for sure too, because we have conscious power abusers, which I think are mm -hmm. very limited and absolutely need to be, you know, 
uprooted and out. But I think mm-hmm. that's happening more in today's world. Mm-hmm. What we also have is this much larger group of people who are below the conscious power abusers who think they're part of the solution. And most of the time they are. But there mm-hmm. are times when they are part of the problem and they're not even aware of it. Because mm. again, it's not bad enough to be illegal. It's not bad enough for me to report it. But what if I believed that you just wanted my input because you really just wanted a better culture so that every time I came to work, I felt better mm-hmm. about it instead of worse. And Can you give me an example of that? The unconscious power abusers sure, as you're calling them. Sure, Yeah. In fact, okay. So let's, let's talk about, there was a situation that happened up in Canada and I wasn't there. I heard about it. I'm just going to give mm-hmm. this example to, to tell the difference that also mm-hmm. takes me into another conversation, the way you and I go, go into all these different limbs <laughs> so of fun. conversation. I know. So fun. Yeah. So this gentleman stood up at the front of a, for a conference, a major conference. He was supposed to be the MC. He was well-respected CEO of a big hotel. It was right before international women's day. He reckon, asks all the women to stand up, recognizes them. And then as they're sitting down, makes a very poor joke says now all of you still standing something to the effect of go back to making the beds and cleaning the kitchen right like that right that guy has completely lost his career Mm. lost his role lost his everything when i Mm. heard about it i heard about it from somebody who was horrified and i understood that it was really in bad taste and then you start to hear other things etc but then i spoke to someone who knew him personally Mm. and said, gosh, I've known this man for decades. And he, what a, like, I don't stand by, what a dumb, you know. However, this is not, like, he's lost everything. This is not a bad person. He was, like, learning from it, all these things. But there's no opportunity for redemption anymore, which is something I'm very passionate about. Because that's what I think the workplace is, is for us to all learn and evolve. Mm -hmm. And what I said to him, to your point of what's the difference, to me, that is an unconscious, pretty ignorant, but unconscious bias of someone who thinks something's funny because he'd Mm -hmm. likely for years as he's risen up to the top to be the CEO, people don't give him feedback. And if you don't recognize that you are the leader of your organization and you are never going to get like the real from everyone, you're kidding Mm -hmm. yourself. You're kidding Mm -hmm. yourself, right? Because the higher up you go, the harder it is for people to be totally direct with you for a hundred different reasons, right? That to me, is unconscious bias and something that I would like someone to be made aware of and give them the chance to course correct. That compared to somebody who might've stood up on stage, said everything correctly because they knew all of the landmines and what to avoid and they had the charisma. Mm -hmm. And then when they walked off the stage, when no one's looking, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody doesn't bring them, you know, a glass of water with a lemon as they ask. And they Mm -hmm. scream at the wait staff because nobody's watching and whatever. That's Mm -hmm. a conscious power abuser. That's someone who's like, nobody's watching and I'm in charge and I have more power than you. And these are very different things. And I Mm -hmm. think we are throwing them all in the same bucket and really missing an opportunity for that larger group, as I said, which are the Mm -hmm. non-conscious power abusers to just become Mm -hmm. more aware, better Mm -hmm. managers, better people, better, Mm -hmm. you know, in their interpersonal relationships. And again, if we're not having those conversations and we're not making it easy for people to speak up about it, we're missing all those opportunities. So interesting. It's such a telling story. Now that you've defined that, makes total sense to me. Yeah. And this gentleman is probably not a bad person or just just had a moment where, you know, like I said, we all do it, right? I need that sacred pause sometimes, especially if I've had a lot of espresso. Like, <laughs> I am not responsible for what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> So, okay. I thought you were going to say tequila or something, but okay, it's espresso. No, no, espresso. Yeah, no, I got rid of the tequila a while ago too. So <laughs> I have to be careful. So yeah, but I mean, you're reminding me through telling that story. Well, first of all, it's it's super in- educational. I think hopefully people are learning from this too. About, and you reminded me about, I think I introduced you to Lauren Fernandez. Mm-hmm. She was on a few episodes ago. Her, and she, yes. Yeah, she's fascinating. She's brilliant. And she she talks about how they coach and train the new operators that are coming into their business and their fund who for the success and for the growth that they're going to need to experience, the first thing they start with is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. They do self-awareness like training or they give them the tests. You know, there's tons of them out there. You can take personality tests, whatever. And then they work with them 
on their self-awareness. So what you were just talking about with that gentleman, it might've just been, you know, this could have been an area of self-awareness that, like you said, if people had been, if it was easier to give him feedback all along throughout his career, he might've known, oh, self-aware. Sometimes, Jen, I have too much espresso. Watch out. Don't do that before I go on stage. Or, or you know, just for him, like And he's all noticed, these other examples of bad jokes are coming out that are compounding yeah. into showing, oh no, see, this is who he is. And I'm saying, well, yeah. wait a minute. Uh, why at any point in those has anybody yeah. and they probably didn't right like they probably right. did not when he speaks maybe it was like one of these things when he speaks in front of a large crowd he gets nervous and he says silly stupid things you know what i mean like i don't know i'm making i'm right. trying, not trying to make excuses for the guy but that self-awareness piece you got at it yeah as you were describing that and that's like so huge for anyone that's managing people responsible for people in the organization, you know, whether it's one or two people or 2000 people, it doesn't matter, right? You still need that self-awareness. And, and to your point, making it easier to provide feedback. So tell me how, how does yeah. it work in your, in your app? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up training, right? Because right now yeah. here's what everyone's doing. Everyone is updating their training and updating their policies. And that's important. The episode that's going to come out right before this one's training. Yeah. It was Rachel Nemeth from Opus. She's the CEO and president of Opus, which is all mobile desktop training. Okay. Yeah. She was fascinating too. But yeah, that's what everyone's focused on. Is They're training. all focused on the training yep. and the policies. And those are important parts. Mm-hmm. And then what? What is the teeth? What is the accountability for the moment after the day when you're focusing on? Of course, we hope that when you go into that training that you walk out and now you never make those mistakes again. But a couple of realities to this. One, the majority of what you learn in those trainings, you already knew. Some of it's really patronizing. (laughs) It's just, again, to cover the the organization, right? Now, we're getting better. Some, some are getting better. They're getting more nuanced and they're continuing to evolve like we have to. I mean, we have a different, this generation has, has different sensitivities and we're learning different things. Everyone is going to misstep. There's, you're not going to not misstep, right? I mean, pronouns are changing daily. People used to have diversity and inclusion. Now it's diversity and inclusion and, and equity. Now it's diversity and inclusion and equity and justice. It was, you know, just lesbian and gay. Now it's, you know, I mean, it's, it keeps evolving and expanding as do we, we need to keep evolving and expanding and learning. So mm-hmm. with that, when you leave that training, if you don't have a way to speak up when these missteps happen, where's again, where's the accountability for all of what that was. So that's where we come in. What Not Me Solutions does is it says, look, we're going to make this the employee's platform. It's their own personal account. Instead of you, you know, first of all, this generation in particular, but people don't like to pick up the phone and call a hotline. They don't even like to call like their family to talk about good things, let alone a stranger to talk about something uncomfortable, yeah. right? So like those yeah. don't work. They love to be on their phone. That's where they're comfortable. But it, we make it their account. So they can download the app for free on iOS or Android and make their account. When their organization then subscribes, there's a QR code that becomes you know, their workplace. So it's th- that's what they connect to. And now anytime they make any report, it goes straight to their company's dashboard. But again, mm-hmm. they can do it anonymously and in a minute. So that moment when you hear somebody, oh man, you know, he keeps bullying her in particular. I don't know what his problem is with her. She's new, she's probably not gonna speak up. I'm just gonna say something. That minute you took just to make that report and put it in, you didn't put yourself at risk, right? You didn't use your name. You're not getting, and you're doing it at the earliest point. This isn't, you know, necessarily launching some massive investigation. You don't know what's happening that way, right? Mm -hmm. And I will say one of the questions in our app is what is your desired outcome? Mm -hmm. Over 90% of the answers, like well over 90, I think it's closer to like 95, 96, is behavior to stop. Most people mm. do not want to sue their organization or have someone fired. And in fact, a lot of people don't speak up because of that. They're like, oh, it's such a reactive environment. If I say something, that person's going to get fired. Well, mm-hmm. you don't dictate because you don't know if that person's actually been reported multiple times and this is an ongoing issue. But just the fact that people are saying that, that's your employees basically saying, I just want to come to work every day and not hear him do that to her or have this inappropriate joke in every Friday meeting that just doesn't need to be there, right? Again, mm-hmm. I don't want them fired. Typically, I'm learning a lot from that person. I enjoy parts of my time with them, but mm-hmm. this piece is not 
comfortable. And because of various power dynamics or I'm new and they've been here forever or the CEO loves them, I'm just not going to say anything unless I can do it safely and easily. And now the organization in a very easy way gets this information on their report management system. That's their dashboard and they can see like trends. Hey, you know what? The most common reported issue has been inappropriate jokes or whatever it may be. Next time Mm -hmm. in our training, let's just highlight this and explain that, hey, our employees are speaking up about this. So clearly there's a problem. You Mm -hmm. take that information, you humanize it, you have this feedback back with your constituency, right? Saying Mm -hmm. we are listening and now we're not just going to do a training based on out of this playbook over here. Yes, you have to have a playbook and template of normalcy of like what everybody has to have. But you're also mm-hmm. saying, we're listening to you and what's happening mm-hmm. to you. And if you are telling me as an organization that the most common issue that is affecting you is this, then we should focus on that more. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you look at these places, you know, we have some of our happiest clients are the ones who have these decentralized employees. Like they might have 80 locations. We have, you know, one who's at 80 locations on the East Coast mm-hmm. and he hands up all of their risk management. And their CEO, like they're a very strong, well-intentioned management, but you can't know where everything's happening. And so to mm-hmm. find out that in one location, one manager is doing something you would never approve of, but you don't get to that location often, right. allows you to step in and be like, hey, let's make something clear. Something's happening here that's not necessarily happening at other locations. So let's revisit this, right? Yeah. And that's one thing I really like about what you're saying. It does make it less about the company. And more about the people. Does that make sense? Like to me, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking, you know, this is about the people. And it it does take the company in a way, takes a little bit of that heat off of the company needs to be doing everything right. The Because co- the companies are composed of people. This, <laughs> yes, companies are composed. And I tell people when we talk to, again, we talk to, you know, every yeah. industry. And it's yeah. so funny to me when I see some people, again, so well-intentioned, carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Because again, we're all going to mess up saying, yeah. okay, LeBaron, um, as soon as we have all our ducks in a row, then we're going to roll yeah. you out. And I'm like, why are you going to go into a room with 12 yeah. other people, likely similar yeah. resumes, try yeah. like crazy to figure out what's happening to the 2,000 employees you have outside of that room to figure out exactly what to do to let them know you care? Instead of going in that room and saying, hey, Let's all shut up, sit back, roll this out and listen. 100%. And say, hey, tell us what you're experiencing that is bothering you. So we can then create our playbook and a way to be responsive to what is happening. Listen up. That's, I like that name for your company instead of not me. I struggled with not me for a while. Oh, tell me. When I first met you. Okay. Listen up. Listen up. How about listen up? (laughs) Listen up. I'm actually writing that down. I really like it. (laughs) Because not me, it's like. Okay, I get it. It's not a it's it's not my bad behavior, right? It's not no, about me. It's actually not me's to... response is response is a response to me too. Meaning instead oh. of saying and it's oh. not just about harassment, but it's basically saying instead of having more and more people stand in solidarity with me too, we don't want this continued hashtag forever. Like it was inspirational, it was amazing, but we want no no no, not me. Not me. You're not going to bully me, harass me, and I'm not gonna say anything. Not me, oh. I'm not going to witness it. And not okay. say something, and not me. I'm not going to be an organization that sweeps it under the rug. But okay. to the point where you first started, I really want to point this out because I think it's so true and so critical. Mm-hmm. The reality in what we're talking about here is, if you put the employee first, like when we talk about this, we always say we are bridging the gap, which means you can't be on either side. If you're bridging the mm-hmm. gap, you're a solution for all, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. So how did we do that? One, we had to have all sides of this conversation, right? I mean, we have the chief compliance officer of Google retired during COVID and joined our board and said, this is the future of compliance. I mean, this is, right, says this is how it needs to be done. At the same time, we have Forbes top 10, top 10 DNI trailblazer, Lily Zhang, who Mm -hmm. speaks prophetically about things in a way that when, you know, we talked about LinkedIn before, when they speak, everybody listens. You have Mm -hmm. Rose McGowan, the epitome mm-hmm. of someone who spoke up against one of the worst atrocities, regardless of what you think of her politics or anything else, mm-hmm. who has stood mm-hmm. by us. So we have all of these players, mm-hmm. let's call them in their lane, and mm-hmm. we're hearing all of them say, this makes sense for us and here's why. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing different 
and it is critical, it's a critical difference, is putting the employee first because mm -hmm. in putting the employee first, you are in essence doing what's best for the company. However, yeah. the inverse of that is not true. Right, right. So 100%, 100%. Cause I, I mean, I've been, in, we talked about branding before the call. I've been in marketing and branding my whole career. And so I'm about building brands and building companies <laughs> for the longest time. And yet one of the lines that I, you know, started using maybe 10 years ago was the brand is only as good as the employees that understand the brand and become brand ambassadors. It's not about the company and the brand that that's not some amorphous thing over here. It's got to be connected to what people do and what people actually believe that work in the company. And so that's why I was, I was listening to you. I was like, this is really takes a little bit of the heat off the company in a way. And I'm, you know, that might be, not be the right words, but because it's about the company, it's like it neutralizes things. The way that you, you were explaining it, I could see it neutralizing things like, hey, we've got, you know, some things going on over here. Like you said, like at your store, at your restaurant, between some people, you know, it, it neutralizes it in that way. Like this is not a good reflection of our brand. Then you build back to that, right? And it actually very much protects companies. So right. we have this like over 90% renewal rate. And one of the things co companies realize yeah. is that if we're giving our employees the easiest, safest way to speak up, that already, like, right, let's take yeah. that off for a second. In today's world, yeah. something happens and you're at a company that doesn't have not me. Yeah. And somebody, you call a lawyer and somebody, and they say, when did it start? When did it happen? And they say, did you report it? If you say I wasn't comfortable. I had to go to HR or I had to like, I have to put myself in, in the way of retaliation. It's pretty defensible, right? Yeah. But you have this incredibly easy, safe way for people to speak up, right? Mm -hmm. And when they're responding, when you're talking back and forth on this, we have this mm -hmm. two-way encrypted chat. So even when people speak up anonymously, you can continue the conversation, which is really, really powerful. If that person stops engaging, it also shows that the company was trying, right? So again, we are about accountability all the way around. It does require everyone. And to your point of taking the pressure off companies, I keep thinking to myself, just look at the sheer ratio of numbers. Management is right. this big, right? However, to right. anytime I talk to HR departments or whatever, it's like, like, well, how many locations, you know, I was just talking, there's a prospect of ours that we're talking to right now. They own multiple restaurants. Mm -hmm. Their team of HR is 12 people. The wow. number of employees across all of the various chains that they cover is 12,000 people. To do that effectively without mm -hmm. the help of the eyes and ears of your people is impossible. Mm -hmm. To do that with them, with incredibly easy, smart technology that tracks the trends, show you where the issues are and all of that is way more feasible and takes a super complex topic and at least makes the process easier. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's really cool. I, I, does this just sound like hotcakes, by the way? <laughs> you sound like hotcakes. <laughs> I mean, it's great stuff. It's great. It's, you know what, it's been very, a very interesting ride of where people are incredibly receptive and who's really resistant. And like uh, in the craft beer space, breweries are like jumping at it and it's moved into the restaurants, which is why we started, you know, trying to follow it tech, healthcare, because we're HIPAA compliant. There's all these different opportunities, but you do see some of the ones we thought originally mm -hmm. that the companies that are getting outed in terms of public, mm -hmm. like they're on the Today Show or they're in the mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal because they mm -hmm. have this massive fire on their hands. We were like, well, sense of urgency, they need it most. The ones who need it most, Austin, can be some of the most resistant because of what mm -hmm. I was talking about before, that backwards thinking of like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? Or we're going to yeah. roll it out. We're going to get bombarded. We're not going to be able to face, you know, that's never happened. It's never been that a company has been bombarded. Really? No, because it's a socialized yeah. product. People start to use it. They're treated with respect yeah. and dignity over the chat. There, right. There's all these functions that give them a little transparency. And it is anonymous. Like you said, like if I went on there, I'd be anonymous. You get to choose. And okay. that's one of the benchmarks that's interesting. So the companies who have had it in place for a while, more and more people are coming forward using their name because mm -hmm. in the beginning they were anonymous because they didn't trust you, right? Start where right. you are. We almost didn't allow anonymous reporting to start. Our CEO huh? and founder is an employment lawyer, knows all the legalities, has built that into the system and yeah. was like, oh, this can be challenging or whatever. But we were like, no, it's a necessity to start where you are. So we built technology yeah. that works into that as well. But yeah. that's been very interesting. So some people will report anonymously 
And then how they are treated, even after you make the report, if you report anonymously, the whoever's on the dashboard at your company can write you back, almost like a text. You can have this exchange and continue the conversation. And some people have come forward using their name because, again, they've been treated with dignity and respect where they went in afraid of retaliation, right? Yeah. So it's socialized and it comes up. But to your original, it should be selling like hotcakes everywhere. And it is in elements and in places where people are proactive and they get it. But old school... There is definitely still some industries and some leaders, and I use that word only because of their titles, who think we're going to do it the way we've always done it. To which I say, then you're going to get the same result we've been right. seeing for years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it's great stuff. Like, I love what you're doing. I love talking about this. This is, I mean, it's, it's great progress, truly, for all industries. I mean, I've been in tech most of my career. And I never really had stuff like this. I've gotten in pretty tough spots with, I, I did have to report a manager actually early in my career have to, well, I did because, you know, she was sending me abusive emails and I went to the CEO and, you know, and, and so everyone can relate to this, right? We've all had pretty much bad, most of us. I mean, you're pretty lucky if you haven't had a, had a bad boss or manager along the way of your career. And I just think making it more approachable, the way that you're talking about it, and I love this, like talking about like dignity and honor. If we could think of employee care as treating people with dignity and honor, respect, right? Yeah. Those are great goals and values to embrace. And that's going to resonate with people looking to come work for your company. If they see that you're embracing these things, because not only is attracting labor really, really difficult for restaurants, retaining that labor is really, really difficult. And that does get to this scheduling, the flexibility and the benefits that we talked about in the pay. But being able to actually retain people, make them comfortable is all based on how you treat them. You know, well, and all those elements that you talked about that people keep listing that are really critical, Mm -hmm. practical things, the scheduling, the all. Again, I would argue that a lot of that comes back to this element of listening, because quite often when someone leaves and then the manager finds out like, I wish I had known that it just didn't want this schedule or just didn't want it still goes back to that element of, did that person actually think that you wanted to hear that? Mm-hmm. Or did they just think you wanted them to just get in line, do what needs to be done? So this, mm-hmm. whole, this whole thought process and mindset of creating a speak-up culture, right, mm-hmm. is really critical for having your employees trust that you want to mm-hmm. hear from them. And I know yeah. some people get scared of like, oh, yeah. it can be whining, and complaining, and that's all true too. And like, I'm not mm-hmm. about that. I'm not about using this as some excuse to like whine about every time something doesn't go your way. And right. that's, but even, but again, I still rather you bring it to me than to social yeah. media than to anywhere else. Right. It's still Who's generally monitoring the chat and stuff in the companies. Is it the HR team or is it the, cause you know, something that keeps, you keep reminding me is with Rachel Nemeth at, at Opus is this, got this really cool mobile app training mm-hmm. for restaurants. She did say that HR has gotten stuck in legal work mm-hmm. and that the training is now in restaurants and she was talking only about restaurants in operations it's falling on the operations team mm. so all the training now they're selling in operations teams they're mm. not hr is underwater yeah. litigious stuff like legal like doing all this stuff because they didn't have your app <laughs> by the way <laughs> and so it's more it's more hitting the ops team Oh, that's, um, yeah, that's interesting. In terms of who's on ours, it's typically like human resources or someplace, some companies and some small businesses don't have HR. It might just be management. And we have different levels of access, including okay. like one level where if you're an associate level, you can only see what's assigned to you. So maybe it falls into a specific realm and you have a diversity and inclusion specialist or, you know, so there's various access in terms of who's on it. But yes, it, HR will be involved on, on some level in most cases. Okay, so you are selling to SMBs that might not even have an HR team. Oh, yeah. There are some companies that don't. Okay. Yeah, okay. we are. We actually have a large contingency of small businesses as well who want to just set the groundwork for like, this is who we are. We want you to understand that for no matter how, whether we stay at this level or we grow. Um, right. But yes. And is there a chance that like, if I'm someone's manager and they're not happy with, you know, like say I'm bullying them or whatnot. Could I see it directly? Like, would I see that feedback? Or, or do you usually recommend there's like a protocol where it goes to some HR or someone else first? It depends who's on the dashboard and at what level. Typically, okay. just because you're a manager of a group, you wouldn't have access to this. This is pretty, you know, it's usually HR, e, you know, ER, 
legal and compliance. But again, they may say, okay, but if anything falls into your group and we want you to have some insight, but it's, it's, it's a pretty small group of people who have access to that. Um, so they're going in first and vetting it and then figuring out how to address it. Yes. As they see trends and things like that. Yes. Yeah. And okay. the other thing that is, you know, one of the, a few things about why, where we have really taken off what people love that I think is important is one, of course, the technology is super easy. Um, two, we're crazy quick to implement. It doesn't require any tech resources. You can literally roll out with it. We've had some roll out within 24 hours if necessary. Let's typically make it like a week so we're not all, you know, jumping through hoops, but possible. Yeah. But thirdly is the customization. And that's, see, this is what matters to me. Like we were talking before when you were talking about your, what matters to you when you're creating a brand and when you're working as a CMO, like I don't, I, you know, it's weird for me to say this, but I don't like care deeply or love technology deeply. I very much care about the intersection of humanity and technology. Yeah. And when we're talking about particularly this, which is uncomfortable moments where you feel like your integrity, your dignity, your identity is being disrespected, betrayed, something, mm -hmm. or that of mm -hmm. the companies, right? You have to be able to feel that human side. So we work with some ambassador in each industry, you know, and within the company, they get to customize it even so that it speaks to your constituency the way that you want to. But I'm having mm -hmm. this conversation, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I, we need to work with you for our demo app for the restaurant side because you are so familiar with the restaurant industry, obviously, but you also, which I love about you, and I told you I was loving even the way you described yourself on your LinkedIn profile, is at the heart of what you do is heart, right? And you put that first and it needs to be there. So when somebody goes through something uncomfortable, the last thing they want is to feel like they have a bot that's talking to them, mm -hmm. right? It really mm -hmm. needs to be a human on the other side, but also the questions need to be incredibly relevant to where they mm -hmm. work and what they're facing. So yeah. Well, yeah. And the other thing I will thank you, first of all, but you know, it's a lot of life experience there, but you know, I was thinking all the different, like having different forums and channels, how important that is. Like we, we keep going back to like, yeah, tech is great. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But it's people, it's humans and, and humanizing the technology. If you can do that is sort of like getting to that Nirvana state almost, but there are so many ways that we miss and we can miss because, you know, and, and communications is one of my passions areas. Like you need to, you can't just be on one channel. You can't just be doing all hands meetings in the example of our company. We do all hands meetings quarterly. Everyone's invited. Everyone comes. Most people are on Zoom. And we always ask questions. We try to, I've done a million and one different things. We try to solicit them beforehand for people that don't want to speak up. We try to, you know, because at the end of the day, the CEO and our CEO is incredible incredibly approachable down to earth. He can say all day long, come talk to me, come talk to me, come talk to me. And the reality is 90%, I don't know what the numbers, I'm just picking out on my head, but 90% of the people are not going to come talk to him about a lot of things, you know, yep. they're intimidated or whatnot. Or they don't um, want to take his time. Yeah. They don't want to, it's exactly. not important enough. They don't want to take his right. time. Right. And to your and so point, with they all finish, finish, go ahead with the all hands. No, no, it's good. But uh, having different avenues, whether it's an yes. app, you have to do other things too, but having a lot of ways that people can speak up when they need to. They might not when have they, a lead. When they need to or when they're safe. Yeah. All those things yes. you just said, all hands, surveys, those are all on the timeline of the company. Hey, right. I'm here and present now. Now's your time to voice or say something. Hey, we're right. going to send out a, a, a quarterly survey. Those are yeah. great. But what about yeah. all of the other days in between and the yeah. moment something happens? Do I have to sit and wait until that moment and I question it and then it's my time and now I'm not going to and I'm not sure? Yeah. No, like this is the, I've joked about it being the anti-survey. This is the, yeah. hey, you have this in your yeah. hands. You have this in your pocket. And the second something goes off in your moral compass that says this isn't okay, yeah. speak yeah. up about it so we can make sure that we elevate that. You know, it's a big one for me and it continues to be one for me <laughs> is, I know this isn't about Jen, but. Just to give people examples, right? A lot of times, so, you know, I, I've been I've been in the C-level for a good decade or so now, right? And a lot of times I'll be the only female in the room. And I, I have no issue with that, right? And I'm very self-aware about, like, do I actually have an issue? I'm just not saying I don't. Like, sometimes I do. Sometimes it's... But when I'm constantly asked to take notes in a meeting oh. <laughs> or be the one to present, like, I start feeling like, oh, wait a minute, like, secretary like I, i'll do anything i'm an all hands on deck right. kind of gal i'll do anything you want me to do that i'll do that but not time after time after time after time 
right? And so maybe that's an example for people of like, you know, this isn't okay with me when it's a repeat. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in my app. I'm gonna say like every time. I don't know if that's a good example. No, it is a good example. No, and okay. I, you know, I you had asked earlier, and I never went there. It's kind of late in it, but I'll quickly give you yeah. my background. Yeah. I mean, I I started yeah. in investment management, right? I was in investment okay. management for seven or eight years. I was yeah. one of the youngest and only females in my position. Because um, you're brilliant and. It, Thank you. But no, I was lucky and offered a great opportunity. And I will tell you, she's awesome. I, I saw so <laughs> many things, of course, but I actually had a ton of male allies and everything that way too. Right. I mean, I, I all of that is at the same time, right? Again, this is not an either or discussion, which I think is one of the biggest problems we have in all of this. This is not an Amen. either or. Yep. So great male allies and a lot of crap that should not be normalized. That was okay. Mm -hmm. I went into, I was a morning show host on the radio. I was the only female in the morning show. Okay. Then I became, I went into digital media and tech and became the only female in the C-suite. And I'm not saying all this, like pat myself on the back or anything that way. I say that to say, I actually, I think sometimes people talk about being the only one and they don't like it or whatever. And I want to see more in there, but I also get excited when like one's in there, but you definitely, definitely experience some of these things that were just similar. Like I called myself, like, yeah. I was like, look, I'm not the demo girl. I'm not going to always <laughs> be the demo girl. Right. And yet <laughs> yeah. sometimes that happens. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but you give a really good demo. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's really important also in this conversation, because when we're having the conversation that we're having about inappropriate behavior, you have a lot of the room who's like, yes, we need this. This is great. And then you have a lot of the room, often a lot of the decision makers, Often males, a lot of them white, who are going, oh, good God, here we go again. Landmine. Just going to open the floodgates. I will say nothing. Not going to touch this one. And I am huge on incorporating all of our male allies, white male allies. And I can't stand how normal it's become. For people to call out all white males is, is I know is it's weird. like annoying, right? Yeah, it's not okay. But, Two wrongs don't make a yeah. right, and it's not to say no. that people don't have. Yeah, but we have to be yeah. inclusive in this conversation, and we have to make this topic more approachable. So I just come back to the best way to make these hard topics approachable <laughs> is to oh, have God, these conversations earlier. Have yeah. them earlier. Don't wait until they're so uncomfortable that you have to say something. Say it in the beginning. And when you are the only woman in a meeting or the only woman in the C-suite, the only woman, I'm also big on not public shaming and calling Mm -hmm. people out in the moment. If it's a conscious Mm -hmm. power abuser, again, that's different. But if Mm -hmm. it's someone's unconscious bias and -hmm. your goal is to make progress, not to just make them feel bad or I am big on like taking that person aside. If you have that rule where that person will listen to you and that's a rarity if you have the person at the top and say to them, hey, can I give it to you straight of how this came across, right? And give them the chance behind the curtain to be like, reassess, think about that. Maybe say it different next time. Maybe step in that meeting next week and actually begin by saying, you know, last week I said this and I probably could have and should have said it differently. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big part of this too is not like, like taking a deep breath before any of it, like, and not jumping at mm-hmm. the person who you think is across the table and on the other side, but might just be completely missing your view of it and start mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. Speak up. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to know, like, what are some of your customers telling you? You mentioned you have custom one, one little tidbit you, you put out was you have one customer that's been on the platform a little while, I don't know, like a year or so, I'm guessing. And they started out with all the employees being anonymous and then they started using their names. Mm-hmm. What are some other things you've seen? Like, because of course, what we're trying to get to in restaurants is better employee retention. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. I'm curious if you've seen that outcome or not yet and not to be too focused on results, but What are some of the other things you're hearing from your customers about how this is working for them, how this is helping them or not? No, I'm glad you asked. And in fact, earlier you said something about new company and we've actually been around since 2018. So yeah. And we're, that's new in my, it's new in my five different languages and in various, we're in Europe and in Australia and Canada. And so there's lots happening, but in terms of some real life examples and some of the feedback that we get. So one of our clients who's in food and beverage, they came to us because of an issue that 
came up where the CEO was like, how did we not know about this? And they were like, okay, now we know this is an issue. Let's put this in place. Let's put not me solutions in place to make sure that that issue we take care of. And Mm -hmm. about six months later, they came, you know, we were checking in as we do on a quarterly basis. And they said, hey, thank God we did this. We put this in place because of this issue. Mm -hmm. And what surfaced was that issue as well. And we didn't even know about it, right? So Mm -hmm. often you think you know what's going on until you listen and you find out about another. The other thing is some people, again, are starting to feel that they want to be heard. And so some people have used, you know, there's an, there is some pre-populated answers to help you guide you as you go, but there's also an other box where you can fill in whatever you want. Some people have used it to give just kind of other feedback that they didn't feel comfortable giving it an all hands meeting, you know, Mm -hmm. that, or asked like various questions that for some reason they Mm -hmm. didn't want to. And then Mm -hmm. other stuff has, has really been like, I'll just give some like concrete examples from the restaurant industry, right? Like mm-hmm. one employee watched because the manager was friends with one of the other employees and was watching the manager clock the person in and out, but they weren't showing mm-hmm. up. And it was causing like resentment. And like, these yeah, are sure. And these are things that they hadn't even necessarily thought was going to come to surface. So what he was telling us is that so many of these things that he never learned about until they like hit his desk and it was already this like, oh boy, so dramatic. People mm-hmm. are coming earlier and he's able to, again, like, that's our goal. Like, let's de-escalate things instead of mm. catching them late stage where they're already escalated. Awesome stuff. So I'm thinking employee satisfaction has got to be on the rise for oh. some of your customers. Yeah, it's well, got to be on the rise. You know who loves this? Talent acquisition teams love it because they're like, oh, I'm sure. we know you left another place because of this. Here, yeah. we make it, you know, as easy as possible for you to let us know. So just coming yeah. in, people are like, oh, and. It's yeah. a massive deterrent of bad behavior and a massive deterrent of conscious power abusers. You do right. not, if you know you're a harasser or you like to go to work and be inappropriate, this is not a place you're going to want to work because it's right. too easy for people to speak up about the behavior that you have. Right. right. And a massive way to sell your company, by the way, if you can talk about employee retention and lack of turnover. We were talk- I was talking about this with our board a few weeks ago mm-hmm. where they were saying, Look at your employee retention versus your competitors. Ours is much higher, much, much higher. And and companies want to be able to tout that today. I mean, that is going to look good to, to candidates. Oh, wow, they've got a 90% retention rate, you know? I mean, we know in the restaurant industry, there's 100% turnover like year over year at some restaurants. Do you so remember the able- book? Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't read it, but there was something, I think it was, there was some book on airline where Southwest mm-hmm. became uniquely known because while everyone else said we put the clients first, mm-hmm. Southwest was like, we put our employees first. And uh, the satisfaction rate and the everything boomed yeah. because it's a trickle yeah. down, right? It's a sure. trickle down. So you yeah. take care of your employees, they take care of their of your clients versus right. like what you said, you can tell when someone's unhappy and in a, it's so funny yeah. while you were saying that story before, like you can tell, yeah. I have this yeah. vision. I used to live yeah. in the Marina in San Francisco and there was a restaurant there and I loved the food and I mm-hmm. finally couldn't go anymore because the owner was so nice to the patrons and so mean to the workers mm-hmm. that it was uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I just get yeah. like feeling that and seeing that. But again, it's, it's, yeah. again, you would think it's common sense, but it's trickle yeah. down effect, right? Like the, yeah, yeah. And just to, just to fill folks in, because we were talking that, about that before we hit record, is is we were talking about like culture, restaurant culture. And I was talking about my passion and how, you know, and I asked a lot of the guests this, like, of all the restaurants you go to, what percentage can you see that the employees are really happy there? Mm-hmm. And the answer always comes back. It's a very low percent. You know, it's much more often the case that you're treated by employee, an employee that you can tell is not happy. Then by an employee that's incredibly happy, welcoming, so glad you chose to come in and eat our food. To, like, how often do you hear that? Very rarely. Yeah. Uh, maybe at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the one place everyone always can point to. Interesting. It's our pleasure to serve you. Thank you for coming into it. So one, it's the one example of places. Now, there are small mom and pop places where people do it very well. But most people respond. And so we were talking about that beforehand and, and how as myself as a very frequent diner outer. I just can see, I look at people, I can see, even if I'm at a quick service or a fast casual, you can, everyone can see, you can see if you're paying attention to people and human behavior, you just need to look behind the counter and you can see body language, faces, 
And you can tell yeah. how happy these people are or not. You're right. I'm even having a hard time thinking of like, what would be my restaurant that I most love because people seem so, and it is, there was a small mom and pop. It was like a little Italian place. It was a mom and pop. Yeah. And in terms of like yeah. chain and like multiple, I, uh -huh. I'm not thinking of a restaurant as the one that comes to me, which is not a restaurant is Trader Joe's. Yeah. And, there and you go. The Trader Joe's employees are like over the You're top right. helpful. They're laughing yeah. with each other. They're having fun. They're Lovely. They are yeah. lovely. They go over and above in terms of their customer yeah. service. And I'm like, yeah. whatever they're doing here is yeah. needs to be replicated. Well, it goes back to what you said, training. It's your product is a follow into the training, but it's it starts with training. It has to start with training. It starts with listening. I would argue it starts with okay. listening. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Listen up. That's right. That's the name of your new company. <laughs> <laughs> All yes, right. you're right. You're right. Listening. Okay, thank you. Listening. You just saved us a bundle on a creative agency. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're having too much fun. <laughs> oh, Jiminy Crickets. Okay. So, okay. So people, better employee satisfaction, blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. I guess, well, I do, we do need to eventually wrap and obviously we could talk all day, but your vision. So restaurants reinvented. I know you work in all the industries. We talked again, before we hit record about like restaurants, learning from other industries. Mm -hmm. What is your vision, your hope, your dream for culture, for employee care, for, you know, all these things we've been talking about for listening better. What, where do you see us headed? And, and what is your hope? You know, when you say that, I'll tell you why your industry, the restaurant industry sticks out for me in a big way. I would, I would also include breweries in this because we're in all these craft beer places as well. Craft breweries, restaurants. This is one of the unique industries that sits at this cultural intersection of touching so many different types of people, right? So many different types of people. Of course, in your patrons and stuff, and like you said, that trickle effect, they'll feel it and they'll go, but let's talk for a minute about this epidemic of what's happening where the worst power abuse is often happening to people and typically women, but not just, in their earliest points of their career, where they mm -hmm. are most vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who work in tech who have only worked in tech. There's a lot of people, or I mean, who you didn't necessarily start in tech and go to something else or, but the restaurant industry is the starting point for so many people who either stay in this industry or go somewhere else. And so this is their first introduction to what is normal, to how to be treated and how to feel in their workplace. And that to me is a massive opportunity and responsibility because yeah. I'll tell you from speaking to all these different industries and speaking to various people, I have wondered what the world would look like if every person coming out of school, and I'll say even further, if every female coming out of school who loved whatever their industry, what they wanted to do and was their dream and their passion, if they could have gone into that, not faced severe harassment, bullying and whatever, and therefore just departed and gone another way, how different our world would look in terms of where people would actually be in their dream industries, be doing what they love. So many people in their earliest moments are being hit time and time again with inappropriate things that they are taught you are just supposed to learn to maneuver around and this is just how it is. And yeah. the restaurant industry in particular has an amazing opportunity, I'll say it again, to be yeah. like, wait Respons a minute. You said responsibility and opportunity. Yeah, To You're say, right. you know what? We're going to show you. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna show you that you are valued no matter what. You are what psyching me up. In. You know what I mean? You are though? psyching me up. No you are psyching me up. In. You know what? Oh, like, yes. and we're gonna and this is gonna be about mutual respect. No matter what yes. level you are in, no matter when you, this is gonna be about respect and dignity at every level. We're gonna teach you that that's no matter where you go, whether you stay with our restaurant forever or go run your own restaurant one day or go to a completely other field, you're gonna be like, but this is what I start. This was my training in the workplace. This is yeah. what I learned and this is what's okay. And this is what is not okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. It's great. It's great. Cause, cause you hit on something so important and you're right. 
people early in their, the example I gave you, whatever, 20, 30 minutes ago, I was early in my career, younger, vulnerable, more, less likely to speak up probably. Mm -hmm. And I thought of myself, like, you know, I've always been a pretty, you know, what I would call badass female, you know, even when I was in my early twenties and that was my, one of my first real jobs. Right. And it was another woman who mm -hmm. was her rat, who was sending me things that, oh, you shouldn't, for what we're paying you, you should be doing better than this, blah, blah, blah. And I thought like, yeah, what if I wasn't trained? Because my mom is a big feminista to be mm -hmm. a badass woman from the day I was born, right? Um, and I didn't speak up. I, I might have flipped out of my career and gone somewhere else and did something else. And, and we know, we all know people who did do that, like you said. Yep. How many people flip out of restaurants and never go back? In fact, the, the guy I mentioned earlier, Mir Mosafabi, who started the, the South Block Juice Company here, his first job in college was at, I think, a subway. And his manager was so awful. He was like, it inspired him to, to create this juice company, you know? But it was because his experience was so bad. Mm -hmm. And he only worked for him for two weeks and he quit, you know? Good for him. And yeah, and later he ended, I mean, it wasn't like he quit and then he started and he's been a massive success. Of course, he had a journey, right? But it it inspired him to be like, people shouldn't be treat, treating people like this, right? Yeah. And I can do it better and differently, right? And he was young. He was in college, right? And so- So to your question, I'll tell you very simply, and it's not some pipe dream. It's so darn easy, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, it, uh, I, yes, I'm plugging what we're doing, but I'm plugging what we're doing because it makes so much sense. Yeah. So what we have is free to download on iOS or Android, right? Any, and anyone okay. can make a report. Yeah. And if everyone just was like, you know what, starting from today, if anything happens that's inappropriate, I'm going to say something safely, right? Safely, safely. Well, no, wait, sorry. So I can download it because I downloaded it at the conference with you. Mm -hmm. I think I have it on my phone here. Yep. I can download it. But if my company isn't on there, they're not going to see it. No, but right? you can make a report and we have a trained team that it would go to if it's not with your company and they will reach out and see what is it oh. you need. And sometimes people just need to be heard. Sometimes people need to be put in touch with other and that's an opportunity too. Oh, but to me, just like I remember being a kid and never seeing any like Zagat and three stars, five stars, whatever. And then one day I yeah. saw it at every restaurant. So I'm like, yeah. why is there not a not me certified culture on every single workplace? And when I walk yeah. in that workplace of any kind, restaurant, um, schools, schools mm -hmm. we're talking to, tech, mm -hmm. healthcare, anything. What I know is that you, management, are telling me that you mm -hmm. value the way I should be treated. And yep. if that's not happening, you care to know. And yeah. so that's what I think. And it's so doable, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone is empowered to speak yeah. up safely and management starts listening. So encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. At the earlier it's stage. wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, thank you for everything you're doing to reinvent restaurants and the world. Thank you. <laughs> for the better. For thank the better. You. And thank you for encouraging, motivating me today and, and listening up and wow. lots, lots of other ways. And Jennifer, folks, I want to take a minute to props you. Yeah. You're not, no, uh, no, 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 no. Folks, no, her name is LeBaron no, no, Myers. No, 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 no. Don't even, don't even go off because I'm an, I, it's, it's required. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. because you told the story about, you know, a female who did the opposite to you young in your career. When I met Jennifer at the uh, restaurant leadership conference, it was my first restaurant conference I had been to. I did meet her at Pickleball. And I will tell you, of everyone I met there, you were the most welcoming. You were the most supportive and even sponsoring in terms of like being like, have you heard about what she's doing? Here's who you need to talk to. Have put me in touch with people because, again, this doesn't, you know, help you specifically in your company specifically, right? You're not doing that. I'm not like working with your company, but you get what we're doing. You care deeply about the industry. You care about the people and your heart is so big. And I, I'm a huge, I'm, I'm very grateful that I met you. Thank God Same. for pickleball. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the conferences that I kind of poop on sometimes I'm like, oh, we go to these conferences. It's so old school. It's all, you know, I really don't like the way it, well, first of all, thank you for the, the lovely compliment shout out. The way it's like, oh, there are vendors over there and we're the restaurants over here. And there's like these two sides and it drives me nuts. It's like, geez, come on, people. We're all humans. Yep, bridge the gap, bridge the gap. Yeah, and it was so fun meeting you. And, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I just love that. And that's the spirit of hospitality, by the way. That mm -hmm. is the spirit. And that's why I love this industry so much. And I don't want to be considered on the other side. 
because I love this industry and I love people and I believe in in everything this industry and hospitality stands for, putting people first. And then you add food on top and it's like, what's better than that? <laughs> you know, I'll drink those damn espressos all day long because I love them. And yes, I pay $7 for them. Woo. They're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and I stand there and I, you know, customize my order for 10 minutes and whatever. But such amazing stuff you're doing. Thank you, folks. It's it's not me. It's it's LeBaron Myers. Check her out. Follow her on LinkedIn. Look up the company. And most importantly, get your company to find this company and use this app and and embrace your people and give them that early and often encouragement to speak up. So important. So important. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Have an awesome day. You too. Thanks, LeBaron. Thank you for checking out this episode of Restaurants Reinvented. This show is brought to you by Q, a restaurant tech company paving a brighter future for operators with the industry's first unified commerce platform. If you enjoyed what you learned in this episode, make sure to follow Restaurants Reinvented in your favorite podcast app or visit qbeyond.com slash podcast to get immediate access to all of the latest episodes.